0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of The Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned,
1: because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. This week's episode where let's talk about self-compassion
0: i think we i think it's actually an incredible topic to talk about to talk
1: about and i and we're going to talk about self-compassion we should have had Lindsay on the show to talk about self-compassion she loves self-compassion work with oh. her act stuff. that's okay we'll have her come on another time do but, self-compassion number two well i love that self-compassion number two okay right? so let's talk about what self-compassion is i feel like Self-compassion gets confused with self-care, which people think of as self-soothing and all of this just become fucking buzzwords. And none of it means anything. Right,
0: And then it gets all confusing, self-worth.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Self-esteem.
1: Exactly, right? What are all these things? Which is very interesting. And so we're going to go to the pro for this. So uh, Dr. Kristen Neff, who is the Brene Brown of self-compassion. And actually, I think she researches at UT Austin where Brene Brown is. That Interesting. Just... Do you think they're friends? Yeah, I think they're definitely friends. They probably she, was probably like, she was
0: probably like, listen, you're going to be a shame researcher. I'm going to be I'm... a self-compassion researcher.
1: That's, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly the conversation. Right?
0: <laughs> and then they stopped talking. That was the last conversation <laughs> they ever had. <laughs>
1: um, no, I wonder even if there's an episode on uh, Brené Brown's podcast. We'll have to check that out and think about it. But, have to look. So if you're interested in learning more about this, this is the a lot of the work that comes from Dr. and Neff she does state and talks about that a lot of this came from her own experience of trying to get into meditation and there is a ton of work and a ton of literature on self-compassion from buddhist because when we talk about what self-compassion is self-compassion the easiest way for people to really understand it is like compassion for a friend Mm-hmm. That like, if you came to me and you're okay. And like, Jen, how many times have you and I done this? And I call you and I'm like, I made a mistake. <laughs> yes. Yes. I did something. Yes. Right. So and I'm I, like, tell uh, me.
0: Right. Yeah, actually, right? now that we're having the Brene Brown talk, that they were probably friends. Because the first feeling that comes with making a mistake is usually shame. Right. Yes, like, exactly, I feel shame. Right.
1: So, and I have a choice, right? In those moments, the moments when I have that um shame, have whatever those negative feelings that come up, which is I can either treat myself like an asshole or I can treat myself like a really good friend that I love. Because we all know that we often treat our friends so much better than we treat ourselves. Right. Oh yeah, and I think yes. so
0: that I think is a really important thing to talk mm-hmm. about because if you notice, right, so like if Emily came to me and she said, hey, I made a mistake, it's whatever, probably she is looking at it as it's something that's so terrible. I hear her and I'm like, okay, like totally fine, <laughs> not that bad. And yes. we work through it. And mm-hmm. and so we often give our friends or, or the people that we love way more grace than we give ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we are well, able like- to give compassion to them way easier than we give to ourselves.
1: I'm trying to think of an example from like our relationship but I can't think of what but there has been a few times where I've done stuff like I didn't order something or like something like a lot of times we yeah like we really forget awkward. things yeah but then we forget all the time right there's too much <laughs> going on and so all'll oh, to you oh is- I have one I have one okay, tell me yes yeah it's real get. it's
0: dumb remember I, I said I was gonna pay the utility bill and then didn't <laughs> pay it for like three weeks totally forgot about it the oh <laughs> good news is that they didn't shut off our electricity. Right. So that was positive. Just totally, completely forgot. I
1: and, totally forgot. Right. So I went
0: to Emily and I was like, Hey, I am so sorry. I forgot to pay this. And I said that I would, I felt yes. horrible.
1: Okay. So I want to use an example that I think a lot of people have shame around that I hear come up a lot that this is the thing. And we've talked about this in some episodes before we talked about it a little bit in our financial episode is that, I will have people that bring up credit card debt years into working with me that they have shame about. Mm. And the way that they think that this affects their worth, right, that like who is going to want to be with me because I have this, like I hear, like I consider like, you know, like debt like that, we consider quote unquote bad debt. People have so much shame and stigma around, right? So now if you came to me and you were like talking to me about how you have this debt, or if a client comes to me and talks to me about this debt, I'm like, okay. Right. Like, like that's all right. That's so okay. like, you want to do something that you have a plan for it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's like actually like an incredibly normal thing specifically in our society where people, you know, are paying so much ridiculous costs for colleges. Like, this is just how it is. Right. So when you think about those sort of things, but now, but individually as a person, those things make me feel like I have less worth. Right. I am loved less. I am less control. You're, you're and you're
0: way harder on yourself about it.
1: Yeah. And, so, well, and so Dr. Neff talks about when she first started talking a lot about self-compassion, there was one very specific criticism of her work. And that very, very specific criticism was that, you know, are you going to, are people going to become lazy? Is it going to mean we're going to have low willpower? Because we have this idea that like self-criticism leads to action.
0: Right. Like, well, and if you think about it, we, we tend to believe, okay, if I screw up, right? Like if I have a bunch of credit card debt, that if I'm hard on myself, if I say, oh my God, you idiot, how could you let this happen? how, you know, like you were irresponsible. If you almost punish yourself Mm -hmm. and speak to yourself like you're a critical parent, we believe that, okay, if I beat myself up for this, then of course that means I wouldn't do it again in the future. When really what you're doing is making yourself feel worse about Mm -hmm. what you've done, that low self-esteem is going to probably, might feed more impulsive behaviors right? That are comforting you. So you might be putting more money on the credit card. And so if you think about it to actually relate or connect with the fact that you are human and you make mistakes and you are allowed to make mistakes. And so how do you nurture yourself through that as opposed to beat yourself up? Because we know, and M, I I think this was the, what you were about to mention is that actually being critical of yourself does not lead you to not make the same mistake again.
1: It actually leads to more procrastination, actually, and more like um, isolation is what the research says, right? So it's like really, really interesting. So yeah, so this research, you know, what's funny is I was just about to talk about this research from 2012 and in my head, that's recent, but it's not.
0: I know. Is it one of yours? Okay. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to. Yes, do it. I just looked. I um, was at my parents' house, and I looked in their fridge. No. And it's scary. They had a syrup from 2013.
1: But in your head, you're like, that's
0: not that long. I'm like, wait, oh, wait, wait realize- that wasn't that long ago. But also, they didn't live in this house
1: in 2013. Oh, they
0: brought that in the move. They brought that in the move.
1: But anyway, so as I was wait, counting I feel like that's amid- such a. Parents' thing when you, especially it, salad dressing. At my parents' house, it's salad dressing. I'm like, throw this I'm out. Like, oh my god! It's like, like we can go get
0: new syrup. It's okay. <laughs> so anyway, as as I was counting the amount of years back to what 2013 <laughs> is, it is actually such a long time ago.
1: I was <laughs> syrup would last a long time. That's what that's what they say, but
0: uh, I mean, I sugar, right? I don't know if I want to risk it.
1: I'd risk it probably just for the story, but I understand the concern. I've
0: had a lot of bad experiences with expired food in their fridge. So, well, oh,
1: you've had a lot of in general, um, really bad. Okay, so so this Sorry. research is which is from 2012, which is we always try to talk about current research, but like how funny that I thought that this was recent. <laughs> But whatever. So the research, yeah, this research that had come out in 2012, it talks about that actually people with high self-compassion show greater motivation to correct their errors. Mm. So that this early on criticism of her work is fucking bullshit. So (laughs) now let's talk about it a little bit in terms of, I I hear people use self-compassion and self-esteem interchangeably, and these are not the same things. And so when we talk about this, you know, people write in a lot, how do I work on my self-esteem? And it is a lot less of working on your self-esteem versus working on your self-compassion. The way in which you speak to yourself
0: or the way in which you think about choices that you make, the way in which you talk to yourself about choices you make, because the more you're able to garner self-compassion towards yourself- the more you're going to increase your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality groceries and simple healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drum roll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us i recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe not only is it incredibly versatile i've worn it to work out with friends and even dressed it up for a date night but the quality is unmatched give yourself the luxury you deserve with quince go to quince.com slash chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash shrink chicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrinkchecks.
1: And it also goes to that if I have high self-compassion for myself, I have high self-compassion for others, which helps with our relationships. And uh, when we look at people with really high self-esteem, sometimes they can resort to aggression and bullying when they feel that their confidence is under threat.
0: Mm. And also leads to more security, you know, in your relationships too. If you're constantly blaming yourself, beating yourself up for things, feeling like, oh, this is all my fault, people aren't going to like me because I've done this, then you're going to naturally feel more insecure in your relationships. It's going to almost threaten your connection with other people. Well, why would people want to be friends with me? Why would people want to be in a relationship with me if I'm always making these mistakes that are so horrible? The more you are able to create an environment internally where you are saying, listen, I make mistakes. It's okay. People will still love me. People can still be connected to me. I am allowed to make mistakes. I am human. And that will allow you to feel more secure and connected in your relationships as well.
1: So I'm trying to sit here and think, if we were to give people a moment to think about the, the thing that they feel the most shame about in their life. Like if I think back and think about a period of time where I feel a lot of embarrassment, you know, oh my God, it's the TikTok. It's the TikTok where it's like, ooh, oh, oh, I love the, that one. What TikTok ooh. is that? What's oh the song, do you know?
0: I want that, I know. And I've, I've mentioned it so like, many times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, and the best one is Freckled Foodie, our friend Cameron Rogers, who's is like, hers is like, when you think back to putting your legs up against your grandparents' hot tub jet- <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like for, for a, a lot of us, like for like early, I mean, like it's an important thing to talk about is like early childhood masturbation or like, you know, self-touch where you're like, why did I like riding my bike so much? Or like <laughs> why did hey, like okay. my mom let me ride okay. horses. Well
0: Well, this, okay. So like this is a really, really great segue because like when you're doing this, like you're feeling a lot of shame towards yourself, can't
1: right? see us. So when you're like, eh. Oh, now are we, we recording this? <laughs> yeah, that's video. Has to video As to recorded. And now I have shame and then I'm being hard on myself because I'm recording out of my very, very messy closet because <laughs> the sound is best. But I, that's what people don't know about me is that my closets and my drawers are a mess. I'm a mess with clothes. There's, there's my.
0: There's my- it, it, well, is there? Okay, ready? Ooh, this is such, this is yes, such a good me. one. Ready? So how how, if you didn't have self-compassion for, if you, if you weren't able to give yourself self-compassion, mm-hmm. how would you be speaking to yourself about your messy closet?
1: I probably wouldn't have been. A, probably what I would have done would be before we recorded this episode, knowing that we were going to do video, I would have spent the entire morning being stressed out and anxious and, and make, my part, make my husband take Millie while I cleaned out the closet to pretend for all of the people watching and it would have hurt myself. It would have hurt my Sunday morning. It would have hurt my marriage.
0: How, okay. Beautiful. What is that? The- something
1: I would have done in the past.
0: Right. And we caught, well, and we've learned how to give ourselves more compassion. How would you have been talking to yourself about what your closet looked like? before no, that.
1: That, that that it would go to a deeper level about this. Also, goes with um a weight stigma and my weight. This is you know I can't keep my closet together, so I can't keep my weight together. It, it goes for me into control that everyone will know this is my imposter syndrome. Everyone will know I don't know what I'm doing. That I'm messy. That I'm immature. All these things, right? That's my fear. It would trigger all of that.
0: Yes. Okay, now what? I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot so much. It's okay. It yes. just was such a good one. And then what? how do you give yourself self-compassion now about your closet? I guess
1: for me is that I have to completely separate that, right? That I go into a place of like fact, that feelings aren't facts. And so how my closet looks has literally nothing to do with who I am as a person. Right. And even if it was a display the person is that I deserve to be like on like the same plane as everyone else. Like I yeah. deserve at least equal to how I would treat other people. And I would never walk into someone's house and see their messy closet and like think like that's a bad person, right? Like, like never right. would those things ever go together right. or would I ever equate it to um, their physical appearance or their success <sighs> or their, any of those things.
0: It you would not be a messy when, closet. You know when, like, if you're having people over, for example, right? Like, oh. you clean up. I do the same thing. Like, I will. I mean, I haven't had people over in a while. But a <laughs> but you, I would clean the house, make sure it looked really good. You're just, like, so specific about the way that people are seeing it. But if I walked into someone else's house and it was messy, I would be like, oh, good. Like, I'm so glad that this person is human, just like me. You know, like... It allows yeah. you to feel so much more connected. And so to give yourself yourself that grace that you mm-hmm. would also give to other people is so, so essential. Another thing you said, Em, was not identifying with the feeling that you were having, not identifying with that shame of like, oh, this must mean I'm a messy person and that – you know, I need, I need to get my life together. And you know, it connects so much to like our perfectionism and this idea that we need to be perfect and to be perfect means we're also not human, right? We're not allowing ourselves to be human if we're putting that pressure on ourselves to be perfect.
1: And it's funny because it brings up something else big that happened this week for us. (laughs) Oh God. That I know you don't want me to talk about. Which is, which is one of the things that happens when you have a podcast, when you own a business, when parts of yourself around the world is that people are going to have criticisms and we won't go into what it was, but by chance, somebody emailed over something very, very critical and it was clearly their own shit, right? Like the way that this occurred was like a huge thing and was a lot of their own stuff. But you and I went into a deep, deep spiral, spiral. And we sucked. We both sucked
0: each other just straight. We, both of us are pretty good at like balancing each other out. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. It was late at night. It was late at night. This was not one of those times. (laughs) We just shot
1: straight down that shame spiral. (laughs) Totally, right? And so the funny thing was, here's what I noticed, right? Which is what I noticed is that this, this is- this email occurred the email we'll call it <laughs> occurred of this like serious ridiculous criticism in my opinion it's fine um on a monday night we're fine we're fine yeah fine <laughs> and i have my own therapy wednesdays at 12 o'clock and i started off my therapy where i said to my therapist i am going to talk to you about something and i almost didn't and anytime i know i'm not going to tell my therapist something probably means i have to tell my therapist something
0: Right. Because the opposite of shame, the thing that combats shame is being vulnerable.
1: Yes. Right?
0: Allowing <laughs> yourself to be vulnerable. Continue. Just so
1: so I ended up telling my therapist and my therapist was like, yeah, like, first of all, like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, yeah, like, like went into this whole, like, incredibly reassuring and incredibly compassionate meeting with us, which was that like, one, we weren't doing that to ourselves. And yeah. Like when you go to people, sometimes for advice, like you can hear if they're compassionate to themselves or if they're hard on themselves and you can hear it by how they respond to you. And my own therapist, who is wonderful, was so loving and so compassionate. And just let me have space about this. Right. And about like how hard it is to have criticism. I don't think anyone receives criticism and feels fucking hype about it. <laughs> like everyone's just like thank you so much oh my god
0: thank you well I think also the delivery of it matters right like oh, hey, of course I always say like hey I even have... if the delivery is perfect it can fucking sing man absolutely it can still it can still absolutely hurt and I think that the like the reason why as we're talking about oh okay I almost didn't want to bring this up in therapy is that we're already being so hard on ourselves that we assume Mm -hmm. that other people are going to be just as hard. We're just assuming that someone else is going to shame us, that we actually did something wrong and that that means something about us.
1: Well, and our fear about telling people about it is that the people are going to agree with the criticism, right? Right. Like our fear is that like, oh, like it's going to feel doubly bad. I don't think doubly is a word, but you know, it's going to feel- It is, it is now. It is. It's going to feel doubly bad and doubly (laughs) shameful. And uh, so the thing is, it's also like, think about who you go to when you have something that's like big going on and you're feeling all the shame. Are you going to someone who's also a very self-compassionate person? Because it does happen on a spectrum. It happens here. If I find myself being, and there's been times in my life that I'm like this, that I'm like critical and judgmental of others. It's typically because I'm fucking shaming the shit out of myself and I'm not being self-compassionate at all.
0: And that that's an important thing to think about. Like if you have people in your life who are very critical, you yeah. know, who are very shaming of others, that they are going through their own stuff. And it's so easy to take that personally. Mm-hmm. And so to really carve out the people that you go to when you are feeling shame or, or you want to kind of connect with them, if they're someone who's already shaming themselves, then to really make sure you're creating support for yourself of people who are able to be very compassionate. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My is flooded with Customize This and Personalize That, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when Prose says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Prose covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it, In a third-party double-bind dermatologist supervised clean clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's pros dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. pros.com slash shrink checks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends, it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10 year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake I will never make again the Athena Club hype is real, the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothness, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze no more dealing with goopy blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises and the quality of the shave is top notch those five precision precision-engineered blades glide effortlessly leaving you a silky smooth skin every time plus the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrink chicks at checkout. You can also find Athena club razors at your local target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving.
1: And I think it's, it's, it's hard because I just, I don't think we talk about compassionate in this stance a ton. I don't think we talk about self-compassion, definitely not as much as we talk about self-esteem right. and self-care, which self-care now means nothing.
0: we're 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 even confused about what self-care is
1: everyone's real confused about what this means there's a lot of different things right (laughs) so take what so you know it's one of the things to talk about is like if i sit here do i feel like i am a person of worth Mm. do i deserve to not be criticized right do any of us deserve this even if i make a mistake a friend of mine who um runs um helps run an organization that is very you know what i'll talk about it's got this she sent out an email blast this week there was a grammatical error somebody sent back the rudest email i have ever seen because of one fucking grammatical error and it's like dude there's somebody behind this well, it's there's like, somebody it's like- who receives this email right like for one grammatical error it's like, when did we stop? And yeah, like we dehumanize
0: people. Yes. Well, I think, and I think that the internet or email, you know, like to not have to look at people, it does dehumanize them. Right. Yeah. If like, you're seeing people on social media, for example, right. Like it's so easy to dehumanize people. Mm-hmm. There's, and part of compassion is humanizing people is like yeah. knowing it's that the there's big pillar a pillar of it. Exactly. And so
1: humanizing myself and human, humanizing others. Right. So self-compassion. I am just human humans, fuck up humans, struggle humans are allowed additional chances. And like, I also think this is a big thing, you know, we don't, haven't talked about cancel culture because it's a whole fucking thing. And do we even believe that it exists? No, not really go look at the evidence, but, but what people's fear of, of quote unquote, getting canceled is that they can't redeem themselves. right? And that's the thing is typically before anyone gets, once again, quote unquote canceled, people have already given them this direct feedback in smaller realms. So whether they have gotten somebody saying it to them directly or in a DM or privately, like it's never just this larger scale thing. And I think when we do not have self-compassion, we also can't hear feedback Mm. and feedback is often really important for us right and i think you know
0: part of that if if we're not able to acknowledge that we're human acknowledge that we make mistakes right then we get really defensive when someone points out a mistake we made right like right. oh no i can't listen to this because i am supposed to be perfect mm. right like i am supposed to uphold the standard that i have for myself And if I'm not, and if you say that I'm not in some way, or you give me some sort of constructive criticism, some sort of feedback, it actually might be really helpful for me, but I'm already putting, putting pressure on myself to be perfect. I'm going to be defensive to that or push that away in some way. And so I think part of that is being able to acknowledge that you don't have to be perfect and that you're not going to be perfect. That's part of being human.
1: And it's impossible, and you. Will, it, and that's what we talk about as like a setup for failure. If I keep holding myself to these absolutely unrealistic standards, and also hold other people in my life to this, I'm going to probably end up pretty unhappy.
0: I think a big, a big part of this too, and something I love to talk about is. The only way to recognize if you're holding yourself to this standard is if you can step back and be mindful of your own thoughts, Mm. mindful of the expectations that you're putting on yourself, right? Where you're not over-identifying with those things to be able to say, okay, wait, I made a mistake. How am I talking to myself about this Mm -hmm. mistake that I made, right? Like how am I treating myself? Sometimes. We do it so often. It's coming so naturally that we're just saying, oh my God, you idiot, you fucked up. You know, like that's happening so automatically that sometimes we don't even realize it. So I think the first step to recognizing whether you have self, self-compassion or not is to take a step back and recognize when you do make a mistake, how am I talking to myself about that? What are the things that I'm telling myself about who I am and what this mistake means about me? Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do.
1: No, it's not. But I'd like I, we're so right. So so far, the pillars we're talking about is like compassion, mindfulness, and humanity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These are the three things to start this process going. And I'm wondering also, did people feel like they had compassion for them as child, right? Like like if you think about how we, um, I'm reading this book on potty training because we're trying to potty train my daughter now and I can't wait for this connection (laughs) but it was really interesting because if you're if you're in this stage of life um uh no crap I think it's called I can't remember now I have to I'll put up the thing but it's so far and it talks a lot about how like you know it also goes into Janet Lansbury's writing about no bad children which is like children are just tiny humans like they also deserve compassion they deserve to be like looked at like we're talking about in terms of potty training of like you know like your kid's not supposed to get it immediately so if your kid's still having an accident like what fucking skill did you get in one goddamn time right like right. an author's a theory very funny about it um and I think that that you know when I read about self-compassion for my child it is very helpful in my own self-compassion work because if it's real for her what would excuse me You know, it's really easy for us to sit here and say, "I know my child needs to be fed. I know my child needs a nap. And I know my child needs hygiene. I know my child needs a um, a clean bedroom. You know, any of these things." And I want to honor that. And I want to create space because their needs, when did they stop being needs for us as adults? Mm-hmm. When did forgiveness stop being needs? When did nap stop being a need? I really need to know that one. When
0: did I think, I think we ourselves- need, it, it is still a need. And I think that we I, should still implement it, right? Yes. Like nap time was very, when, when did we have nap time up until like, when does that end in school? Do you know?
1: I think Maybe that, like I think kindergarten time ends when they're like, no, 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 no like when they're four. Huh.
0: Preschool. No, I swear I had it in kindergarten.
1: You maybe I just created time.
0: it for myself.
1: You probably had quiet time, like usually they have like rest time.
0: Also, I had mono in ninth grade. And then I would just create nap time for myself and let the teachers know. Listen, I have mono, and when you have mono, apparently it never goes away.
1: <laughs> You've just been using that your whole life. Just still just milking
0: the mono for as long as
1: possible. you just said said, which is I had to use a fucking illness yes to get anyone to honor my needs right like and this is also I think a lot of people talk about like lying right like sometimes I just lie like I have noticed that a lot of people quote-unquote lie because it's their only way of getting their needs met so I have to make something up for people especially if you grew up in a family that did not honor that and things had to be magnified then that is a hoping skill you learned.
0: Yes. And so, okay. I think that that, and I know we'd love to talk about this because we're systemic therapists, but the multi-generational transmission process of self-compassion or not having self-compassion, right? So if your parents were hypercritical of you, of Mm -hmm. something you were doing, it's probably pretty likely that they are very critical of themselves. They are unable to have compassion for themselves. And that their parent was probably the same way their parent probably didn't have compassion for themselves and so therefore was super critical towards Mm -hmm. their child who then developed this ability to not be compassionate towards themselves and so this just keeps getting passed down unless you Mm -hmm. stop it in its tracks like anything Right and like anything, right? So stopping it in its tracks would mean you're recognizing the way in which you're critical towards yourself, Mm -hmm. the way in which you might be critical towards others or not have compassion towards others. And how do you recognize that and start to change that? So that if you choose to have kids, if you, you know, if if there's anyone in your life, if it's a relationship that you can make sure that that's not being transferred into those relationships as well, that you're able to garner that compassion towards others and garner it towards yourself as well. Yeah.
1: The other thing I would also then bring up only because my therapist had brought this is also like, <laughs> if you grew up in a highly critical family, who are you surrounding yourself by now? Right? Like it is are you also then going to other people who fulfill and keep that cycle going? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And that's a really, really common thing of us. Do we keep going back to those same early life patterns? Right. And mm-hmm.
0: Psycho, Psychogenetic, if I'm going to throw out, throw out some theories here, <laughs> um, psychodynamic theory calls that repetition compulsion. You're yes. repeating patterns um, in your life because your psyche is very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you are just as you're saying, Em, if if you are comfortable with the criticism towards yourself, then you might be pulled towards people who are highly critical of you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I married someone who is like not critical at all. Like all the time, I have to like go to my husband and be like, "I fucked this thing up" because I like just make mistakes all the time. It's like the type of human I am, and because he's always you're like, "You're human." Oh. Because I'm fucking human, right? Like it's a human and also the ADHD. Neither of those things. <laughs> I fucking forget. Okay, here's a great fucking example. Got a ticket like three months ago in Philadelphia, maybe forgot to pay it. Then I just got this fucking ticket uh, for $91. It was yeah. They really get you there. They really get you. And it came, my husband's like, What's this? It's from Philadelphia Courts. And I was like, uh, See, not for bad. me,
0: If we use the ticket example, I just, I know it's there. I just procrastinate paying it. it. I avoid it because that's the way I deal with my anxiety about things. And that it's not helpful, right? Then I have to pay more money
1: Yes, and I know it's there.
0: It's just haunting me. It's almost like, it's just like haunting me over my shoulder, like telling me you have to pay this.
1: Okay. So if we were to come from a reframe of self-compassion, what would that change with the ticket? So
0: instead of being like, oh my God, you idiot, like you need to pay this because you, you know, like you're going to have to pay more money. you would be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I recognize that getting a ticket gives me anxiety, right? Like Mm -hmm. it really makes me anxious that I have to pay this extra money because of a mistake I made. And so to have self-compassion, to have compassion for myself, I would say, okay, listen, you made a mistake. Those, the PPA is really just like, on top of their shit,
1: Philadelphia parking authority—they don't fuck around.
0: They're incredible. I don't P-P-A, know even snow how day, they baby. do it. They—they they like come out of the sky, or something happens. They like come out of the meters. I swear to God, something's going on. So I would say, damn PPA, you are on your shit. I am impressed with you. This makes me anxious that I have to spend more money, and so but that's okay. I can, mm-hmm. I can make sure that I'm putting more money in the meter, not parking in a no parking zone. I'm mm-hmm. telling you parking is hard, but I would say, okay, I make mistakes and I probably will yeah. continue to make that mistake in the future. Yes. And, and so how do, how do I tackle this
1: mistake now without being hard on myself? I mm. it from that, which is a great lead into personal versus professional. Oh, love it. Do you have one? Okay. I didn't even think about it. I know. No, I have one. I have one. I have one because I think that we're going to use the two most common ones we hear, which is cheating and credit card debt. Love it. I would say people often come in with the most, with that type of shame. Would you, is there any other ones you can think of? Those are the two ones I see the most.
0: Um, I think in relationships, I mean, this is pretty broad, but I think that if there's any sort of conflict in relationships, I'll work with a lot of people and I work with people who are like very highly empathetic and they tend to put any of the conflict on themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is my fault. I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think there's a lot of shame around that or, or like a lack of self-compassion. Um, as they start to blame themselves. I know that's pretty broad, but I I'm, I see that a ton.
1: Okay, well, I'm still going to use my example of cheating. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Okay, going. because that's just the one I already had. Yeah, yeah, I know. I figured. I wasn't, okay. you didn't have to
0: change it. Don't you worry.
1: Okay, so personal versus professional. Yeah. Um. So I come to you and yes. I disclose that I have uh, cheated on my spouse. I, I am very very upset i am torn up i feel like i've ruined my whole fucking life i hate everything about myself these are all the words i'm saying now as my friend what would you say to me and as my therapist what would you say to me Mm, okay here's the thing (laughs) it's the same one for you right it's the same one okay
0: same one i would be like tell me like tell me what was going on for you that where that came up, you know, like where you ended up going outside of your marriage, you know, because typically affairs are happening because, um, you know, sometimes the person feels like they lost part of themselves in the relationship. Um, There's something that might happen that might trigger that. I just think because we know so much about relationships and the reasons why certain things happen, why Mm -hmm. affairs happen, um, why lying happens, that I would want to have compassion for your side of it where where was this coming from tell me what was coming up for you because my guess is this didn't just come out of nowhere Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know this is
0: something you were probably struggling for a long time yeah there's probably so much more going on that maybe we haven't talked about so I think I would like help I would try to help you help and understand what was going on for you. I think it would be exactly the
1: same. So if somebody says to you, mm-hmm. what the fuck? No, you didn't. Maybe <laughs> it's not the best person to go to. Yes. That's where making sure your support
0: system, when you want to, when you are struggling it's with what something, you need. It, right. Right. Which comes from knowing yourself, knowing yourself. And also knowing people around you and setting, mm-hmm. once again, recognizing that there's going to be people in your life who might be um, better for certain situations than others. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And, and so totally really good. being conscious
1: it's of your support system. It's not anything wrong about those other people, it's just right. different, right? Like Just different. A lot of times when we are in a place of like self-hatred, go to the person who provides you with the unconditional positive regard, yes. which is a word from Virginia Satir. You can look up about her amazing with therapy. And a lot of we're other- really, we're <laughs> really theory dropping today. Apparently. So if you, in the times when you struggle with this, think about who in your life offers that, who in your life you consider very compassionate. And if you're that person, are you not only giving it to your others, but are you also giving it to yourself? And we're going to put on a whole bunch of other stuff. Follow- Make sure you follow us on Instagram because we're also going to put up some uh, YouTube stuff, some like stuff to support this. If this right, episode- right, you can deep dive into it. Yes. And if you're interested in this topic, if you're like this really set up and you happen to live in Delaware, New Jersey or Pennsylvania, Dr. Lin- Dr. Lindsay Haston at our office also specializes in self-compassion and she is taking new clients currently.
0: Yep. So you can fill okay. out a contact form on our website. Yes. Our new website, the or therapy- new fancy website. .com, um, slash contact. And Here we you will get you set up with Lindsay or another therapist or whatever um, you
1: need. So you turn reach you on out. Hey, Jen, love you. Have a great rest of your day. Love you. Miss you. Everyone listening, go be kind, go be loving, go be compassionate towards yourself. And we'll talk to you next week.